Geek Top 5, Season 5. I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> this is so exciting. Geek Top 5. I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And this is a very special Geek Top 5. Well, special to us, anyway. Uh, no need to bury the lead. You've seen the episode title. Um, last week, it was the 20th anniversary of Halo, uh, the closest Microsoft is coming to have for a flagship franchise for their Xbox console. 20 years ago, last Monday, uh, the first Halo game, Halo Combat Evolved, came out for the Xbox. And uh, it, to celebrate that, there is a surprise announcement that the new developer of Halo, 343 Industries, made available the multiplayer beta for the latest Halo game game halo infinite due to come out in two or three weeks by the time you hear this episode uh so even before the game is out free of charge everyone can hop on and get a bit of a go at the multiplayer uh, and so obviously between these two these conflicts of events uh, we've been in a halo kind of mood and uh hey we figured why not bring in our top five spartans to to talk about it graham what have we uh what have we asse- what fire team have we assembled here today <laughs> With us this week, we have one of our Marvel uh, review regulars, Sonali. Welcome, Sonali. Thank you. Glad to be back. We've got uh, Jonathan Steven, who's uh, one of our Battletech experts. Hello. (laughs) And Shaggy Shanahan, who is an expert on all things bizarre and unnatural when it comes to video games. (laughs) Graham, Jesse, I would just like to say... I'm, I've been so excited for this Halo Infinite. I, I'm currently wearing my Master Chief pajamas as we speak. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. I want a pair of those now. <laughs> for the record, in the, the broad scope of, of friendships and alliances and just occasional associations that make up the Geek Top 5 community and the staff behind the scenes, Shaggy was definitely the Halo facilitator for us for a long time. Uh, Jay, I believe you for a while you were carrying around an Xbox and a portable monitor in a bag to play Halo, like remotely, <laughs> as I recall. I, I don't know if that was a, an efficient setup because that was this the original Xbox you're thinking of? I think so. It was Halo Two is the one I'm thinking of, and I think that's a classic Xbox. Okay, that's why my shoulders hurt so much in old age because I was <laughs> around. Oh, it's whole... true. It's I true. Imagine you were it carrying was... it around. I was carrying around a lot of things back then, now that I think about it. But yeah, if, if I had that little... It was a GameCube portable monitor, uh, I think. That was meant to like clip onto the top of a GameCube, but you know, it was Halo time, so it, it worked, because it was still... You could plug it in. Um, I don't know. if Did we just like play on the ground somewhere where an outlet was? I don't remember that much. It's <laughs> like a throw-down <laughs> Halo match. That's why you set up the LAN game, so we come to you. <laughs> yeah, I think we had to evolve, because that screen was like, like five inches by four inches. It was not good to split screen on that. The point I'm making is that, uh, I mean, really, Shaggy, but all of us here, really, we have a bit of a, a history with this franchise. And, uh, you know, so we've, we've been playing it for a while, and we gave the, the multiplayer beta a, a heck of a go the other night. And uh, figured we'd <laughs> sort of pool our thoughts and see you know, what we think of Halo in general and the upcoming Halo Infinite. So I guess, in a way, you can consider this episode sort of a buyer's guide for Christmas. But, uh, <laughs> for this free multiplayer game. <laughs> well, free in quotation marks, and I think we'll get to that. So, In any case, Graham, how, do you wanna, how should we get this rolling? 
Well, let's go back to the beginning. Let's do some Halo Combat Combat D Evolve and go back to <laughs> where this all started with the first game in 2001. Uh, I, I, th- there's a story in, in the Halo franchise, but I'll be damned if I know what it is. <laughs> y- you spend most of your game running around on a ring shooting aliens, and sometimes there's also zombie bug aliens, and that seems to be the basis for all of the games going through. There's a lot of... Uh, the, the thing that the franchise is known for is its multiplayer and the combat uh, involved in that and the, the physics of it and the variety of guns. But do you remember when this series was announced and, and what were your thoughts when it started? Why don't we start with uh, with Steve? Uh, I, I honestly, I don't remember when it was announced. I think I probably played it like through you guys really when we had those massive land parties with, you know, all the multiplayer. Uh, but I have played it. I have played a campaign co-op with several times over with friends of mine. So, I mean, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed it. It's probably, do you like the story? Uh, the story was probably forgettable for me. Um, <laughs> uh, but, oh, uh, you know, I just, in terms of the gameplay, I think it, it was like cutting edge at the time, right? Just things that we've never seen before. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it just as, you know, I, I feel like it was one of the shooters that, uh, really stood out at that time. What about you, Sonali? What are your earliest Halo memories? Uh, of my earliest Halo memories are actually a frustration. It was the first... <laughs> and those memories continue to this day. <laughs> yes. yes. But you know what? It's really entwined with, like... Well, all of you guys, because I've been... I started video gaming in high school when I met y'all. Um, and Halo was my first, like, dual stick game. Like, I was doing the GameCube. We were doing... Um, smash brothers and then it was like oh yeah smash game whatever that's fine and then i tried halo and I, i'm pretty sure it was halo 2 not halo 1 uh combat evolved uh and i remember struggling and going how do people play these things um and it was <laughs> it, it i don't know it was a very pivotal moment for me in like starting my video game journey with halo i think the story is probably one of the better features like i think mass effect probably trumped it when it came about uh but the fact that there is a thread that runs through and it's 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 a story about you know doing your best and keeping a fight going and being courageous and all that jazz and yeah there are aliens to shoot and that sometimes it's like yeah, i just want to shoot some aliens and i want to do that but it's also like they're bigger questions and you know it's a different world and what's going on it i think in the five major five games that i would recall um there's a lot of sort of emotional exploration as well of uh you know loss and war and um learning your history and destiny and fate so good it's not complicated i think Okay, and uh, Shaggy, what your earliest Halo memories? I think uh, something that's similar with all of us is we kind of all missed Halo 1, like right when it came out, because in the very beginning, it was originally uh, for the Mac. It was going to be like a flagship, like Mac first-person shooter. Then it got like bought or you know, a lot of money went into it from uh, Microsoft to be on the Xbox. And when they first announced the Xbox, a lot of us were just like, that's dumb, and we just didn't. <laughs> go for it because we already had playstation we had nintendo who needed it but it wasn't until red versus blue the online uh, machinima series that used the you know 
characters and the multiplayer mode and set up camera angles and made stories and jokes. That's kind of when a lot of us, as far as I'm aware in my, our friend group really got to know about Halo. And so that was like, when we had to jump on, we're like, man, we should, you know, Halo two was coming out and like, all right, I might give this a go. This looks kind of like a fun game. Um, beyond, you know, the show itself. And I think it wasn't until like Halo two came out that I actually finally got an Xbox and then kind of went backwards and got Halo 1 eventually to like finally be like, all right, what was this all about? Let's get this over with. But uh, the Halo 2 multiplayer, I think we spent more time. I don't think we ever actually played the Halo 1 multiplayer. <laughs> Did well, we? I, I didn't play it with uh, with you guys as much, but I, I, had a, I have very similar memories of when the Xbox was announced. I remember... Uh, all of us and like, well, me and Jesse in particular is scoffing at the idea of Microsoft putting out a thing. <laughs> We're like, there's Nintendo and PlayStation. Who, how is it going to compete with that? It's just a computer, like this Xbox thing. It's stupid. <laughs> and then it came out and Halo was on it. And then there was all the debate over the size of the controllers for the Xbox. Like that, yeah. there were giant ones in North America and smaller ones in Japan. And there was a whole discourse around that and uh but i, I had uh, charles who was our a uh mario expert on a previous episode i remember he had it and i would play it in his basement and we did multiplayer there and i think that's the first time i, I played it and got into it and found it fun right i don't i don't remember if it sold me an xbox but uh it it very well could have <laughs> could be wrong but i i think i remember playing multiplayer in your basement yeah yeah totally possible we i did definitely get an xbox at some point uh, i don't know if it was for the first halo or the second but i did get one and, and uh, we definitely played a lot of multiplayer split screen multiplayer did your oh, xbox yeah. come with the s type controls like the smaller ones i don't remember Very specific question yeah. folks but mine did <laughs> <laughs> Well, honestly, it's been that long too, right? Like, it's this is a series. If I'm correct, I think Combat Evolved came out in 2001, 20 years ago. It's a long time. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> as fascinated as as I'm sure everyone is to listen to like our personal histories, it. Um, but yeah, it's. I I guess that I, I think the takeaway is that like I see myself in so many of these stories, and I can say like. Yeah, like, yeah, Shaggy, I was with you where it took Red versus Blue to really get into it. But Graham, I was with you in Charles Joseph's basement playing Xbox, like playing Halo 1. I remember being very surprised and confused that shooting the gun was on the trigger instead of a face button. <laughs> a lot really? of things changed since then. Um, Graham, I, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I don't know if you had an Xbox until an Xbox 360. I don't know if you had a first generation That's possible. Xbox. I I think I did, but it's possible I didn't. I don't know. It was a long time ago. But the takeaway from that is that would have been Halo 3 uh, much longer. Uh, which, uh, that was 2007 then, so six years after the, the initial release. But by then, I think we can all say, like, our group was definitely playing a lot of Halo 2 multiplayer. And when Halo 3 came out, it was right when we were graduating, uh, graduating from college and such, and when Halo 3 came out on the 360, and that was sort of the, like, that, that, that was the prime Halo time for us, I think. Like, <laughs> yeah. everyone had some free time, but we're still together, mm -hmm. and they just released a brand new game on a new console, and that was when, like, it really blew up for all of us, I think. 
that's when we started going to Shaggy's house with all of our Xboxes and connecting them together so we could play with as many people as possible. But even beyond that, we did that a few other times, but Shaggy's uh, garage was was the place for that. We got a full yeah. 16 set of players. Yeah. I'm proud of that, you know, because I, I never... Times. I never had the online experience growing up. It wasn't like, I'm playing the Unreal with strangers. Like, I, I didn't have a PC, like a computer growing up. I only had, like, a Mac that played, like, LucasArts games at most. So Halo's LAN, which is something that, like, not many games used on the Xbox, maybe just, like, Fusion Force or I don't know, one of those other games, some sort of force. Fusion Frenzy, I don't know. Uh, but, like, Halo used it so well that we just had to get, like, a little router... Uh, a couple TVs, couple systems, couple controllers, and we maxed out. And it is some of my favorite gaming memories is like, you know, multiplayer local LAN Halo. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things about it is, especially as the franchise has gone on, there's so many uh, ways to customize the multiplayer. And, and again, at least for me, the story has has always been kind of a, a weak point for it. But the multiplayer is so robust and there's so much variety to it that it it you can completely enjoy this game without ever having to worry about the single player. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely got into it. Like I sort of did it backwards where I was really into the multiplayer and then went back and played the single player campaign with, with some friends and uh, you know, on the older games. So, I mean, the, for me, the forefront is always, has always been the multiplayer. So the main franchise is always geared towards the story of Master Chief. He's our our star character. He's who you play as. He has a cool voice. He's got a cool <laughs> uniform. He's he's the badass. He's the star of all the games except for well, all the main Halo games except for five. Is that right? Reach. I, it depends. Well. It, it, yeah, it depends how many oh, spinoffs and side stories you're talking about. I, I'm saying like the numbered ones. Yeah. All and yeah, all he's Master Chief is the big guy in all of the primary numbered titles, and in five, he sort of he sort of shares the spotlight a little. Okay, so there have been uh, some spinoffs and some side stories, and, and the one that I liked the best, as I recall it, was Halo Three ODST, where you weren't playing as a super soldier; you were playing as just a regular guy. Um, what you guys definitely had nothing to do with the fact that every character in that game was voiced by a cast member from Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> that helped a lot for sure. But I, for whatever reason, I really enjoyed the single player story of that and the, the sort of less um, super heroics that you could do. It was more stealthy. It was more uh, snipey. You, you had to be a bit more careful. And for whatever reason that clicked with me at that time, do you guys Remember that? Do you, what are your thoughts on that that entry? I miss being a Spartan. I was, I was like, oh my my shield and health. Oh dear, right. Uh, I need to be more careful with this. Yeah, I, I think the best parts of that game, frankly, were the voice acting and the dialogue and the story it tried to tell. Uh, the gameplay they took Halo Three and they said, what if you weren't a cool superhero? What if you were just like a regular army guy? Um, and they made, you know, they made a couple of, frankly, thin skin changes to it. I, I love that they add to that with a smooth, sad saxophone to accompany you the whole time. <laughs> it was just this moody, kind of like if you ever go to Traverse Town in Kingdom Hearts, but like sad Traverse Town. It was just this like sad, jazzy song. 
You're just like, I'm alone walking yeah, around. Was, that was like yeah. the era of sad Halo games. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was Moody. Like, you were absolutely right. Very dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, between like ODST and then Reach and Halo Wars was around that time too. And it was all like, these are games about people dying and suffering yeah. and how terrible war is and stuff. It was. Well, it was, was like, Halo Wars a prequel? It was a prequel, but it was still like. It, it was a uh, like humanity pushed to the brink of extinction and nothing you do matters, but maybe uh-huh. just this once you might be able to, you know, <laughs> like, just like you might be able to get the ball and pass it to the characters in the main game. Yeah. That, that was the crux yeah. of reach where it's just That's like, like reach, right? yeah. 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 chief. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, cool. Dead. Yeah. It goes, <laughs> goes down in the end. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Halo had like a moody teenager phase between two, like from two thousand and nine to two thousand and eleven or so. In, in a it, weird way, that was also partly because uh, Bungie was like required to make a certain amount of Halo games. It was like they had to make three more before they can go off and do their own thing. So like, fuck you, Dad! And they're like, they're making like <laughs> moody Halo games. But like Microsoft was like, those don't count as numerical entries. They're like, fuck you, Microsoft, <laughs> and. Then we got Destiny, so. <laughs> wow. It's oh, the story. No. <laughs> Three okay. countries rise to fame. We did uh, We did a whole separate uh, Destiny podcast many years ago, so you can uh, listen back to that, I think. <laughs> I'm sure it's an accurate retelling what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> but what, uh, so Halo Wars it was the real outlier of any of these Halo games, and it was a real-time strategy. So instead of being a first-person shooter where you're, you've are you got the gun in front of you and you're walking around shooting people, this is top-down, and you've got a map, and you're like building buildings and building units, and you have to have combat with a lot of uh, characters at once and you're just controlling them with what would traditionally be a mouse click but in this case since they're all geared towards an Xbox you're using the the Xbox controller to do it I I remember being very excited to try it and kind of burning out on it quickly I remember playing it online with Shaggy we played it at least once and it was one of those things where we played and we we're like all right we'll definitely do that again and never touched it again <laughs> it's interesting is like 10 20 years later however it's been I was like man we should play Halo Wars <laughs> I still have it on the Xbox so we should try it but I I think that game had the same problem that a lot of RTS games and real-time strategy games have where it's just the controller is just not intuitive for that style of game and they tried and I'm I'm sure it's fine but like you know, they they had like StarCraft on the N sixty four, and I have no idea if that worked. But <laughs> it was uh, barely functional. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, <laughs> I missed Halo Wars completely, so I don't even know. Yeah, I didn't play that one either. It was fine. It had a sequel, which is a little better. Even there's a it third had, one too, yeah. isn't there? It's like Spartan Assault or um, there's Spartan Strike, which was the mobile version. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's not really worth your attention, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> I heard it wasn't uh, bad, though. Like, it had its own kind of following, right? Like, the RTS. Yeah, it, exactly. It wasn't bad. That's, uh... Yeah. Well, it, is... it, lends, it lends itself to a StarCraft structure of, like, you have your three factions, or more. I don't know what they had at the time, but it's, like, your Spartans, your uh, Covenant, your uh, Flood, Flood Boys. So you can, like... I'm assuming they're all in it, but, like, you could definitely do a StarCraft-style game in the halo universe it's easy you know i'm not gonna say it's easy to do but it does translate 
just on console eh. it, they went to heroic effort like they came up with a really cool way to like use the sticks and the menus but at the end of the day what it was it was a watered down real time strategy game like it didn't have the depth that genre usually has so that it was playable on a controller so you're on a, a, a you're you're on a controller on a video game console and you're playing a dumbed down version of a video game you could play somewhere else it was like, like, why didn't you just make a good one, like a complete game for PC? Or why didn't you just make another first-person shooter that does work? It just yeah. it occupied a weird space. And uh, they had, I mean, it was, it, again, it was Bungie at the time, which was basically wholly owned by Microsoft by that point. They had all the money in the world to play with and huge brand recognition. It was a fun experiment. But, uh, yeah, I don't think anyone thinks about Halo Wars when they're thinking about their, like, the best of Halo these days. So, uh, yeah, as you were saying, that this was kind of the end of an era of the Halo thing. It was, they they had Halo 1, 2, 3, and then they waited a couple of years, and they did Halo Wars, Halo 3, ODST, and Halo Reach, which was probably the most successful of that batch. And, and Reach, you were playing as a new member of a team of Spartans, and... As Jesse sort of alluded to, it is incredibly depressing. And as someone who, <laughs> who <laughs> replayed it relatively recently, it it, it is it, I can attest it is a dark, depressing game and uh, the, a lot of fun when you're not paying attention to the story. But anytime it goes to a cutscene, you're just like, this is this needs some like. Uh, emo music on the back throw some fallout boy on there or like my chemical romance behind these <laughs> cutscenes, and it'll be more appropriate but fun game beautiful graphics it holds up really well and has great multiplayer and and i guess that's we'll get to that in a bit of the master chief collection but this is about where i dropped out of the the halo verse for uh, until you know this year uh but how many of you stuck through with it? How many of you did Halo 4? Oh, Sonali and I did Halo 4. That was um, our thing. Back to back, <laughs> co-op, split screen. That's something we haven't even touched on. Like we talk about the multiplayer and the, the team deathmatch stuff, but the like all of the Halo games have always said, oh, you want to play through the story, but with like a bunch of your friends? Yeah, sure. Why not go for it? Um, and Halo 4 in particular, Snell and I, we did the camp, like we did the whole campaign with the story. And then they had this like sort of semi DLC themed edition, like a separate story called Spartan Ops, uh, which told the story of new characters and like following. It was sort of like Halo 4.5. And so we did that. And then we went back and did both of them on the hardest difficulty. And like over the course of a year, I think doing that, like over a couple of hours a day. Uh, Damn. We, yeah. Halo 4 was our jam. It um it's not the best Halo game for sure. Uh but it was the latest one. It was the first one that sort of like after like it's a, like the start of a new trilogy was how they pitched it. So they had new enemies and new weapons and stuff. They had the Prometheans now. So they were switching some things up. They were doing really interesting things. Um not the best Halo game, but that one was very much our jam. Because we could do it together. I think that was the big thing, too. Like, trying to do couch co-op, uh, that's become something kind of obsolete, I think, in gaming. So for us to just kind of do something together, um, and most of the, the gaming has been that way for us, but certainly with, like, Halo. Like, I think I've watched you play the games, like, 
that's how I was more invested in the stories because I was not good enough to play Halo. So Jesse would play it and I would watch and absorb the story and eventually got well enough to play with you guys. Not yeah, the best. Fast, fast forward still. to Halo 4 and there you are like leaping onto wraiths and stuff. And <laughs> it's like, came a long way. Yeah, it, it took a lot of work too. It wasn't, uh, it took some time. What about you, Steve? Did you uh, get on the Halo 4 bandwagon? No, I think uh, I dropped off after Reach as well. Uh, Reach I played a couple times over, but uh, I think that was like my last Halo experience since uh, till, till Infinite came along, I guess. Um, but I played a lot of the earlier Halo games, 2 and 3, quite a bit. Uh, a couple times over doing the split-screen co-op as well. I think also with Jesse at some point. Years and years. Oh ago. yeah, I made you play Reach co-op <laughs> with me after you made me play Gears of War co-op. With yeah, you. that's probably how that. <laughs> Two very different games. <laughs> yeah, and both games took themselves uh, a little too seriously. <laughs> yeah, good way to put it. But uh, yeah, I mean, Reach was, as you say, very depressing. But uh, it's you know, it's a slick shooter. It's you know, it looks great, and the multiplayer was great. Um, yeah. Okay, Shaggy, what about you? How'd you fare with uh, Halo 4? So I played Halo 4's campaign out of, like, an obligation of some sort. <laughs> it's like, another Halo, gotta do it. But, like, to be honest, like, the, the marketing campaign for Halo 3 was so good. All that, like, finish the fight, all that lead up. And yeah, so, yeah the, the diorama they built. All those camp- like the- th- that was one of the best video game campaigns of like all time. It was like memorable. It had a catchphrase. People were out in the streets being like, "Finish the fight in Toronto," or <laughs> outside of the Best Buy when it opened. I don't know, but like it, it felt like this is the conclusion of Chief's story. And at the end, he goes like Betty Buy. Like he closes the little capsule right, and he goes to sleep. And it's like, who knows where Chief will end up next time? And it's like, I was kind of like, yeah, let- we're done with Chief. Let's move on. And then there's just more Chief in four. And I'm like, ah. He's back. And and so in uh, the campaign was kind of just whatever. It's like a new enemy. Those forerunners we keep talking about. There they are. They got skull faces. Crazy. Look, a dog. I'm like, ah, whatever. But so throw that away. But the multiplayer, I actually got way into it because the loadout system, I, I get into this kind of stuff when it comes out, like trying to build the best kind of combos. And I had five loadouts. One was like, if there's two of us shooting one guy, this is a loadout. I got shields. And I have another loadout where I'm like, if my car gets shot, I fix the tires. I got good car. Like it had a, a decent multiplayer and the sound design. Oh, go back to like the MCC and just like play some multiplayer four after you've played all the others. And it is, it, it kind of definitely leads to more of the Halo's audio design now, where it's just impactful, crunchy, just like good sound in like the gunshots and the impacts and stuff. So I will give them that. Good job, 343. <laughs> Soundtrack, too. Like the, the, the classic Halo trilogy had this very distinctive kind of future synth rock soundtrack, which is great. And then in Halo 4, they took it in this entirely new direction, this sort of electronic... I don't know how to put it, like moody electronic soundtrack. It's super atmospheric. It's uh, it's still Sonali, actually. I think I hear it from your phone a lot, so it's still on your Spotify <laughs> playlists. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the music was also a important hook for the, like, first three major games, but I loved 4. I loved 4. 4 was about, I don't know, it was like a 
different feel. It was an adventure somewhere else. Um, I don't think you can really divorce Master Chief with a lot of it, to be honest. I think that's one of the other reasons why um, ODST and like Reach were not as, um, I don't know, dear to my heart, I guess. But uh, no, I, I loved Halo 4. It wasn't the best game, like you said, but I, I loved it. I think it was the, it's true, I, it wasn't, but I, it was just the memories of it too as well and, and just the connection for it. Okay, and then two, uh, uh, three years later, we got Halo 5 and uh, how, how uh, I, obviously uh, Steve and I were, will not be part of that discussion either, but. Um, I didn't play it. <laughs> you didn't play 5 either? Nope. No. Anyone I play think- 5? I'll, nope. I'll put my hand up here for a second. So there was <laughs> there was like a battle test mode, like a beta, that was just the multiplayer, and I threw threw down in that a little, and that was about it. <laughs> okay. They added, I think they added the wall climbing and stuff there too. So there was a lot of mechanics in five that made it over to what we're dealing with now. Um, so it is a, it's a, it is a good stepping stone in the direction of multiplayer, but I did not actually get the game after that. <laughs> Yeah, Halo 5 was a misstep for sure. And it was one of those things where everyone saw it coming before they bought it. So, How, so it, tell me about that. Like, what what was it that put you off it? As some, you stuck with it up to that point, the, the franchise. I mean, they said that, the, that your old hero, you, Master Chief, savior of the universe, cool, badass cyborg. Well, now he's the bad guy, and now you play American Soldier Man, and you're going to go <laughs> stop him. And it just, it's like, you, you know you always see when a franchise gets to the point where, like, so like they've done something really creative, and then a major studio pours a ton of money into it, and then tries to check off all the boxes to make it as profitable as possible, and as least interesting as possible, so it appeals to the most people. This was that, like they after fan outcry early in the announcement of that was going on, they sort of rewrote it at the last minute so that you sort of went back and forth. You played as Master Chief and as American Soldier Man back hmm. and forth, and then but it didn't quite work. And they they took another one of the characters with Cortana, who you know if you know Halo, if you don't, if you listen to this pod, don't worry about it. She's a good guy, sort of. They decided mm-hmm. she's going to be a bad guy now. She's crazy and evil now. And it was just, I can't imagine what, like, imagine a James Bond movie where James Bond was the villain and the hero of the, the this movie was like a Jason Bourne knockoff who was going to go stop him. Like, no one's rooting for Jason Bourne in that scenario. <laughs> and this one had that same problem. Now, it does, like, have a good reputation for its multiplayer. It, like... Like people like it was the best multiplayer yet, but Halo Four wasn't that long ago. It was still perfectly playable. Uh, there was no reason to move up to this one, and lots of reasons not to. They did add the ground pound move, though. You know, like how Mario when you jump and press Z, <laughs> they added that in five. And so please, crucial. this so is a crucial. Canadian podcast. No, it was it was a move. He's like he flies at you and goes, "Ah, I'm gonna get you." It was a new but move. It's, it's Zed, not Z. Come oh, on. I don't know. <laughs> it's, Zed is so long to say. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, so at some point in the interim, there they introduced <laughs> they introduced the Halo Master Chief Collection, which uh, sort of 
my understanding is debuted with a whimper as I Oh, it went wrong in all the ways it could, man. Oh boy. So I was there. <laughs> at the time, as discussed, I was pretty tapped out of Halo. I was like that the as far as I was concerned, after three and Reach and ODST, I was like, I, I've moved on from it. I don't need it anymore. So I, I didn't know any of this was going on. Shaggy, why don't you tell us a bit about how what the Master Chief collection was and how it failed? Okay, so I ended up with an Xbox One kind of out of obligation, as <laughs> all these things seem to be. <laughs> and it's like, all right, I have this thing. You know what? MCC is coming out. It's going to have Halo 1, 2, 3, and I think 4. I think that was it. But the, the novelty was like to go back to play Halo 2, just like old times. And it's going to like, you can switch between the games and go online, whatever. Sounds great. Let's, let's be clear. That's an important part of it. The, like the, what they were advertising was all the games in one. And like, if you were in like a multiplayer playlist with friends, it was going to be like, you'd play a Halo 2 multiplayer map and you'd play with the features unique to Halo 2, like dual wielding and stuff. But then the next one might be a Halo 4 multiplayer map and it would have like the Promethean weapons and the loadouts. And then yeah. it might be a Halo 1 multiplayer, like back to the good old days, like Beaver Creek and the, you know, the, like the, the pistol that was the ultimate weapon. Like the idea was that they were going to mix all the games into one big pot and let you relive all of that at once. That was the promise. Yeah, and and it's a solid pitch. It didn't quite work out uh, like that right away. So what the first one of the first problems was sure it did have all the games in it, but anytime you finished a match, everyone got booted. Even if you're on a team, if you're friends, if you're just with random strangers and you just want to play another round together, everyone got like sent back to the menu screen. So it was it was just kind of a jarring, clunky experience. The second big thing, which we didn't know at the time when we had, uh, I was at a company where we had like a LAN ready to go. We all had our Xbox Ones. It did not support LAN. It, you had to have Xbox Live Gold. You had to each have your own system and your own screen. It didn't mm-hmm. let you share and do multiplayer. And it's that, that fizzled out really badly. Which they also and, carried into Halo 5, by the way. We didn't even touch on that. But yeah, no split screen. You cannot play with your friends in the same room. Yeah. And uh, that's why you didn't get it. That's certainly <laughs> why exactly. I didn't get it personally, but yeah. but yes. Well, and, and that was just like a, a semi-necessity of graphic fidelity because a lot of systems, when they have split screen, if they want to look good, each screen is a re-rendering of the game's engine again and again and again. How many times you split the screen? So this is why when you play games like, you remember with F-Zero on the GameCube, when you did multiplayer, it looked ho- like terrible. All the backgrounds disappeared and there's less race cars on the track. Because every time you split a screen, you can't have as good graphics because it's using more and more of the system. So and they're yet, just like, we were able to look zero because I could play it with my friends and I have all these good memories. And I sure wasn't playing Master Chief Collection or Halo 5 at the time because, <laughs> because they I wanted to play it with my friends. I'm they sure wanted it to look good. <laughs> so they sacrificed friendship for quality, for graphic <laughs> fidelity. Because they also assumed at this time it was like, we're all no longer in dorms on couches splitting screens with friends. We all have our own houses and TVs. So they assumed no one would need that. Little (laughs) did they know the financial crisis to come. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, too real. Yeah, I'm sorry. But the point is, it's it did not deliver. Now, to to be clear, like it is a bold statement to be like, we're going to have you jump between game engines from various systems across the years. Because even like emulators were never great at that. And so they they set out, didn't work, but it's it's pretty fixed by now. (laughs) 
Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Master Chief Collection is still playable and still being updated seven years later. And within the last couple of years, it's really hit a point where it's really playable and a lot of fun. Except for three, it crashes on me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's a good time to talk about how we, we, thanks to the pandemic in a way, we got back into Halo and got back in, and, and now that's how we got to the Halo Infinite thing. So I... I once the pandemic started, uh, it became not uncommon for some of us to try to get together to do online gaming with each other since we weren't going out and seeing each other anymore. That was a good way to hang out. And for a while, it felt like we were tiptoeing around the idea of us getting the Master Chief collection. Maybe this is more specific to, to me and Jesse, but it was it was always like, well, should we bite the bullet and buy this game? If we're, we can't even like commit to, to playing with each other anything for any length of time. And finally, there were sales and there were gifts, and, and eventually enough of us got it that it became a regular thing. And it was so much fun. Uh, uh, why don't we talk about that a bit? Like, how, how did you feel getting back into the Halo verse? I actually didn't realize the Master Chief Collection came out like in 2014. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. literally like, "Oh, this is cool!" I, they just like released this uh, during the pandemic. Awesome. <laughs> just to help us get along. <laughs> and I think the big thing is, um, it's not perfect, but the crossplay, the fact that we can actually be across different systems and media and be able to play it together to most degrees without too much trouble. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it, uh, w- one of those things that felt impossible a few years ago, the idea of someone playing on a PC and someone else playing on an Xbox and someone else playing on a PlayStation, and granted, you can't do PlayStation with Halo yet, but it was, <laughs> uh, it, that's, that's such a neat feature to have, and it makes it so, ideally anyway, it makes it so much more playable, because not everyone's going to have the same setups. Uh, we have encountered some hiccups and glitches, and uh, it's. I wish it were as easy to connect with everyone as as it should be, or as we wish it was. But we've been more successful than not. We we worked out a lot of the kinks, and it's been a lot of fun. And Shaggy's been, as usual, a, a very good uh, game master, and has found all these <laughs> bizarre modes for us to try. How do you come across those, Shaggy? All right, so one thing they added, and this this is all in Reach, because like uh, there are a lot of different kind of custom modes, and like earlier Forge is available in three, and four has a Forge as well. What's Forge? So so Halo Forge uh, originally it was just a little kind of space in Halo Three where you can just kind of like move some pre-existing objects around and kind of make your own little maps, change some of the game modes a bit, uh, and this is where stuff like you know people would you know, make their griff balls and then make arenas to play griff ball, which is like a, a sports game in Halo kind of thing. And then when it came to Reach, they like let you just have a whole world that you could just build maps uh, just by like, you know, spawning in items, creating obstacles, and then changing the rules of the games and stuff like that. And, you know, for the longest time, it was just like, there was this one creator, uh, anyone who knows their Forge should know this guy's name, Dark Human. And he was making things like Speed Halo or a NASCAR Halo, depending on the, the map. And it was just teleporters at the top and bottom of a long chute, people driving warthogs down the ramp towards zombies with hammers, go. And I remember bringing that up, like bringing that game mode to one of our LAN parties, because was, it was still available in Reach in the early days, and just like dying laughing at how stupid this mode was. <laughs> 
<laughs> just cars whipping past you on fire, spinning with no control at all. And then what happened with the, the Master of Collections, they actually added a custom game lobby now where you can like see what other people are playing, join their custom games, and then like save them uh, in a very difficult... They don't make it easy, of course, because it's the Master Chief Collection. You have to like track down your previous played games and maybe they stored the memory, maybe they didn't. But like, save, remember to save the map and the mission settings in two completely different menus. Yeah, yeah, it's very clunky. You have like a limit of fifty games, which you think sounds like a lot, but once you start downloading like variations on zombie levels and stuff, you run out. Because let me tell you, listeners at home, if you haven't played Ice Road Trucking yet in Halo oh, Reach, <laughs> it is the greatest <laughs> Halo mode ever. It is full of drama and excitement and survival, and I've never felt more connected to strangers in my life. I've like sacrificed myself for those trucks to make it across to Alaska. It is for the Rockies. It is a mode that you have to play if you're if you're a Halo anything. And then the survival mode that was uh, that's like a whole other thing. That's, yeah, that survival and, mode he showed us was crazy. And then there's stuff like Hog Potato, where you're in a warthog that's going to blow up after a while. So. <laughs> Although, and the one where the 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 warthog, which is the the sort of Humvee of the uh, Halo verse, the, I, I like the one where that is the hill, and so we were all trying to like climb into this thing and drive it around and and stay in that vehicle as long as we could without getting killed. And the winner is the person who stays in there the longest. That is one of my favorite modes you've discovered. Yeah, so that, that one, that one, there was an official game that was Hog Potato, but that was an official game mode, I think, from like three four three or Bungie for a while. But it's just like there's a world of madness out there. There's modes where people just hang out and drive on a highway together. There's no conflicts, <laughs> just going for a cruise. The Forge mode offers just enough flexibility to let you find other things to do in Halo. And it's like, it's what sets it apart from other games where the game mode is shoot the other players. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Like, just like, no matter what cool theme or what crazy characters, you know, you put in or like what crazy, like, eventually that gets old. It's the same game. These Forge modes, these crazy contraptions, keep giving you new and interesting things to do and then if you're like that kind of guy room for to create new and interesting things and share it with others and as much as we talk about like master chief story or the really precise controls and gunplay i think at the at the end of the day like what like what we remember in halo isn't the dramatic plight of the arbiter right it's it's the time you were in a spaceship that was flying over a mock Death Star <laughs> into a forklift yeah. and gave somebody a giant golf club that they could use like a hammer. <laughs> but it's about the familiar, familiar, uh, I can't say that word right now. It's about the familiar aspects of it too, right? Like, it's a world you recognize, you know the rules, you know the controls. Like, coming back to playing Halo after not playing for years and years it was took me like 10 minutes to get it all down again um and then to be able to kind of do interesting creative things um in a universe uh where you kind of know and love and have nostalgia frankly uh about so it's it's a, a good combination of things that really brought you back to it um i actually it definitely took me a bit longer to uh 
get the hang of the controllers, the controls again, because I kept trying to uh, look down sights and I was throwing grenades at people. So, <laughs> that's why I said 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that I find amazing about the, the times we live in is like, I've got this Master Chief collection and I'm playing Halo 1. And 20 years ago, the only way you could play that was on an Xbox with a controller that was wired and connected to the Xbox. Now I'm playing Halo 1 on my laptop with a PlayStation 4 controller. <laughs> wirelessly exactly. it's, it's amazing <laughs> doesn't that get confusing with the buttons uh i wish that they would change the the like the labeling of the buttons to, to reflect the controller that i'm using but i know <laughs> an, the xbox controllers well enough that i know like x corresponds with square and my X corresponds with their triangle or whatever. Like I, I have it mapped out in my head enough that if I don't look down, I won't get confused. Uh, color me impressed. Cause I come back from playing uh PS five and I, it takes me a bit of time to like relearn uh, the, the Xbox the, control. <laughs> the X is the real confusing one. Cause they, you know, PlayStation controller has similar shapes and a uh, Xbox controller has letters, but they both use X and they're in different places. That's the one that always throws me. That got me in trouble when I was playing animal crossing. Cause like <laughs> the X buttons in a different place on Nintendo. And I'm like, picking up trees and stuff i didn't mean to i'm like no wrong button i was trying to shake the tree uh yeah i can see how that would be frustrating shaggy I totally, totally, I can see it. you can't use the halo controller layout on animal crossing yeah. it does not work Yep, yep. but the new halo right. game allows you full cu- controller customization so if you wanted to create an animal crossing preset <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just want to compliment that they finally, after how many generations and years of Halo, finally let us just do it ourselves. Yeah, make whatever button you want, do whatever you want. Maybe that's maybe that's a good uh, a good lead to segue in. Like we've, we've buried the lead a lot. I think we've established our our Halo bona fides. Let's uh, let's start talking Halo Infinite, brand new Halo game, uh, fully comes out December eighth. Uh, but the multiplayer is available for free, apparently in perpetuity. Um, but it's available certainly for free now, although it's still technically considered a beta. So don't yell at them if things are broken. Well, no, do yell at them if it's broken. It's the only way they'll know to fix it. <laughs> That's fair. You're right. Um, but uh, we've all given it a shot. Uh, how does everybody feel about it? How's Halo Infinite play so far? Well, I, I've only played it last night when we were all playing together, and uh, as uh, I would have been more disappointed if we hadn't already gone through the problems we had with uh, the Master Chief collection, but we had a lot of trouble connecting at first. Once we all got connected, it was mostly smooth, but that was a little frustrating. But again, it's beta, so we are going to be a bit more for- forgiving. Um, I definitely need to spend more time playing it solo to figure out the controls and to figure out all the guns and everything. But for something where I was just dropped into the middle, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I I liked that it was something familiar, but there was definitely enough changes that I have to like readjust and learn. Uh, There are new weapons, um, some of which I was just kind of trying on the go and trying to switch quickly and and just discover more uh, at this point. But again, I think because that's all of us, it was also just, I don't know, it felt, uh, felt good. Yeah, the voice uh, 
the voice, like the chat issues were probably the only thing, but otherwise the game itself, I mean, I didn't see any issues with the new features that they've added, like the power slide thing and the, uh, you know, when you, when you can grab onto the ledge and pull yourself up, I think like that just makes it, you know, just brings it into like the modern day of shooters, right? It's sort of, it's uh, a lot more mobile. Yeah, yeah, you feel like like it's a lot smoother, and you're able to move around a lot quicker. It's seemingly anyway. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think it's great. I definitely, I'm really liking what I'm playing so far. the The changes they've made. I, uh, I mean, certainly, like comparing it to something like Reach, that like you can always run even if you have other equipment is great. Instead of you know being being able to run, being an item you have to pick up, that was always <laughs> a little silly. Uh, but a lot of the new equipment is fun. One of them in particular, the grappling hook that they added to this game is great. And as far as I'm concerned, should also be default on every Spartan because I, I can't imagine why I would want to use anything else if I had the option. Like being able to look at something above you and press the button and do a Batman, you know, thwip and pull yourself up onto another <laughs> level has been great. I have definitely used that, like both to scale heights and also to like swing myself around and make myself more difficult to shoot. That is super cool. That is something that I'm going to have to play around with more because last night when we were playing and I briefly got it, I was uh, struggling to find the, the the distance it could go. You know, I sort of thought yeah. as long as you aimed it at a surface. I would be able to like propel myself up multiple stories, but it seems like it's a, a bit closer than I had anticipated. You have to be a bit closer to your target. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how to describe it. I mean, like I've sort of like, I've used it enough that I sort of like just instinctively know the distance, but there's definitely no indicator like on the reticle or something that says like, okay, I, this will trigger now. Right. And that would probably be a really helpful tool, right? Like a lot of, like a lot of the guns, even like when you're like when the crosshair is pointed at an enemy, they turn red. Not all of them, but like 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 the needler, for instance, because it has that homing thing, so it gives you a visual clue like this will work now. That would be a really cool addition to that tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely used it a couple of times and noticed it would kind of backfire and didn't seem to like latch on to what I was trying to swing up to. But that might just be me not, you know, understanding the mechanics of it. It takes a little practice. (laughs) Let me me ask you all about another major addition to this game is this is the first Halo game that has bots. (laughs) Where, see, this is interesting. Like, most people who play Halo play that multiplayer, like, online against other people. Player versus player. I think that's sort of the, the flagship experience. And I'm too old for that, guys. (laughs) There are people who play this game with such ferocity, um, who spend so much time and so much effort into it that challenging those people is exhausting to me. And that was one of my, like, one of the things that had me hesitate to buying Master Chief Collection back in the day is because, like, yeah, I'll play with you guys when we were around. But I'm not going online nowadays. My Halo, like, the, the, like the, my prime Halo days are behind me. <laughs> you know, like, like the you know the average elite video gamer now is like eight between ages twelve and fifteen. I think <laughs> that was a long time ago. Bots let you play all the multiplayer modes, but it just populates it 
with AI enemies, and you can even select from a range of difficulties and behaviors to simulate that experience, but without you know, without you having to keep your skills so well honed that you can fight, you know, a 12 year old who has nine hours a day to practice playing Halo. Wow. Um, you used to I, have I, that kind of time to play Halo? <laughs> played a lot of Halo when I was young. <laughs> wow. We need to get I, you a rocking chair. <laughs> I feel like we haven't played uh, a game or I haven't played a game mode like that since Perfect Dark, which was. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Nintendo 64 game and you could populate it or, and GameCube, I guess was perfect. The, the sequel. Um, but yeah, you could populate that game with bots. Other than that, the closest is sort of horde mode where you and your friends are just playing wave after wave of enemies. But this is different where they're, they act not just like mindless random enemies that die quickly. They, they operate just like a regular player would. Uh, and it's it's been a lot of fun. I mean, that's all we've done, but they, they are really well done. And I could easily be convinced that I was playing against real people. Yeah, the AI is pretty smart. I, I, yeah, and I think that's that's probably, I guess I didn't really think about it until now because I, I usually prefer um, fighting against AI uh, than real players. Um, Maybe not as much because of the old thing Jesse's talking about, but <laughs> just in general, because I find it more um, challenging for myself. Um, and yeah, I, I couldn't really tell that a, a couple times, actually, I remember thinking, like, are we in a um, PvP game, like a player versus player game? Because the bots were that good, for sure. And let me make it clear, Sonali has been playing online against other people a lot more recently than I have. And in her soul, she is much younger than me. Like you you and John were playing Crucible yeah, we played and Destiny. Destiny all the time. Oh yeah. And I would yeah. like I would walk into the room and I would get exhausted from looking at the screen. <laughs> I, I will say, like I don't have yeah, I, I agree. Like I don't have it in me to to play those online anymore because I do find it it's not very enjoyable. It's just like frantic and trying, you know, desperately to get that kill. It's just, it's a very different kind of experience than playing with your friends against bots. Uh, so I think like, you know, there's something to be said for the P the PVE uh, aspect of, of infinite. Now let's, uh, to be fair then, let's toss it over to you, Shaggy, because the rest of us <laughs> are the souls. You have put yourself out there, and from what I understand, you're doing pretty well. Well, okay, so the the last game that I, I played online, like, versus people with any sort of, like, decent level of skill is probably Overwatch, because I, like, you know, the last few years, you know, just running around in there, getting the feel for that game. So I hadn't actually played, like, a Halo online in a long time, until we all got back in MCC, and uh, I kind of like reconnected with Reach and got the game feel of that. Um, so yeah, so uh, the first thing I did with uh, this game was yeah, get on with that big team battle. Because here's the thing, even even if you don't think you're going to do great with big team battle, there's so many people running around anyway. We got stuff to do. They're not going to notice you if you're screwing up. So you just get just get on in there, get on in that big team battle, and just you know hang around the base maybe. You know shoot shoot once in a while. You don't have to like, go out there. Um, but like yeah, it's 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 been. As far as like quality, it feels good on a controller. Uh, it, it's just a good, crisp, you know, feeling game. Uh, again, a lot of the features we talked about, like uh, constant being able to run, being able to climb if you just missed a jump by a little, that's great. Um, there, there's a lot of interesting things in Big Team Battle, which I don't know if they did this in 
Halo 5 as well, but like they changed the locations of where a flag has to be captured versus where it like has to be returned, even on your own base. So there's actually two locations for you to kind of hmm. protect and defend that then kind of splits up the team. So no, there's not like a group of people waiting to defend as well as waiting for you to come back. You have to go somewhere else now. Um, there's a lot of like non-isometric maps and it's all really confusing because it's all new level design. So it's it's still kind of an adventure running around. And yeah, just the variety of weapons. Like right now I'm a big fan of the skewer. I sent you guys my highlights. <laughs> yeah, how do you describe the skewer? Like it, you use it like a sniper rifle, but the concept is, is that it just launches this giant like rhinoceros horn yeah. kind of guy. <laughs> it's basically like a harpoon gun with the a really slow reload rate. So if you miss, it's going to take you a, a chunk of time. But it, it's it's a weapon that, you know, unlike sniper rifles and past halos, which were kind of just like hit scan, where if you click the trigger, it, it killed someone instantly, no matter where they're standing. This thing like takes time to travel across the level. So you have to kind of gauge where the character is running. Are they going to, you know, it's that whole, was the Wayne Gretzky thing where it's like, be where the puck's going to be, not where it is. <laughs> so you're basically That's, like, <laughs> to me sounds so frustrating trying to get somebody online with that. But like, when it hits, <laughs> does it for a hit, man. <laughs> and here's another thing Halo added. Again, I'm not sure if they had it in five, but there's this, there's this feedback where anytime you hit someone, you hear it like ping or a doink or whatever sound. And, and a lot of the modern games do that. Like if you get headshots and overwatch, it's like ping. And it's it's not realistic, but I, I like the positive feedback where it's like, yeah, I got that guy, even though I couldn't see him through the trees. So again, sound design, very good in this Halo. I have to give it to that. But yeah, the the multiplayer, it's it's slightly different, but I think there's a lot of good series quality of life additions that three four three's added this time around. Yeah, I think that goes back to like what you were talking about, John, where they've like the fundamental changes in the characters now with the addition of like the slide and with the clamoring over things and like a lot of the, like, the characters you seem to move a lot more. And I think in earlier Halo games, they're going to feel clunkier by comparison, like the how much verticality you get and being able to slide into cover and be like you were, it makes yeah. the game more quick paced and gives you more options. I think in classic Halo, there's a lot of circumstances where, like, you come around a corner, someone else comes around the other corner, you both have assault rifles, and you both just sort of do that dance. Yeah, left, right, left, right. Yeah. <laughs> Jump uh, you try high. to make yourself hard to hit while pointing, and like, it just whoever is slightly better twitching on the stick, like, and that's all you can really do in that situation. Whereas in Infinite, I feel like I have more options at all times. Yeah. Um, something weird I just realized in you saying that is as far as the Warthog goes, I don't know if you guys had a chance to do like larger levels because the players are all faster now and they like get running. They made the Warthog faster, but it is so, I'm not ready for how quick it starts. Is like the that what that is? Buttery. I just thought I got really bad at driving it. <laughs> no, it is, it is kind of tricky to drive because as soon as you hit the gas, you are flying and you're like just turning and like twisting around trees like a stick of butter on a hot pan. It is weird <laughs> driving in Halo Infinite. Is that I know why they, a lot of trouble with it. <laughs> I guess is that why they don't let people like sit in it for very long because it's just hard to... I Oh, that's one thing they add. I don't know if it, it was the same with the Warthogs, but at least the ghosts will blow up after like five minutes of you using it. 
or something like that. Because it's like, you've been in this too long. Get out. <laughs> it goes, yeah. beep, 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 beep. And I guess if it's faster and, and you know, more mobile, then I guess it's harder for other players to hit it too, right? Yeah. Well, the, they added a new vehicle a that's the most annoying vehicle. It's like this little helicopter thing. But it can just, like, come down to the ground level and hover right in front of you, go up into the sky. And it's just impossible to kill that thing on the ground. And it is brutal. So I don't know if there'll be a balance change on that thing. But it is it's one of those irritating vehicles in the game. I have seen several GIFs posted already of people hunting that. Like, using the grappling hook or using, yeah. like, they'll swing up to it and then hijack it or, like, lure it in somewhere. People are coming up with really creative ways to disable that thing. I mean, so the game is very much in its infancy. I think we're going to figure out what its weaknesses are before too long. Yeah. It, it definitely still leads to like the classic halo idea of like the sandbox, which I the term they use for like the, the gameplay where it's just, there's so many solutions to a problem. It's like every gun is viable for like some situation to a degree. Um, but I, I will say as far as the new set of guns, they're very confusing to look at because there's a good chunk that all look like a long cannon rifle, and I can't tell them apart just yet. Oh, by color. <laughs> by color. Oh, even color. It's like they're all yeah. white or gray. No, no. There was some purple and orange thrown in. I was like, oh, this is a different gun because, or it was like, I think it was like a, a electric gun, which was yeah. uh, white. So I was just like, okay, is that it's different. I just the... don't know how. Well, it's like the, change the skin, right, on the guns, or well, eventually maybe. But yeah. for now, the, I wrote down like the cinder shot looks like the heat wave that looks like the hydra that looks like the shock rifle, and I'm like, which one? <laughs> what? Are, like when you hold it, yes, but when it's mounted on a wall, I have no idea what it is until I, I get it. I want your chart when you're done with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Promethean weapons, I definitely had that problem. I did not know which one I had picked up. Um, the the banished weapons, the red ones, I, I'm sort of better with. They have a pistol, they have like sort of a launcher, and they have the skewer yeah. uh, and the shocker, which is one I have not used often enough, but I really want to try. There's, there's, added a little, a new... there's a little handheld shocky gun, which is like I don't know what it's for. Yeah, the disruptor. That's so. There's a new damage type in this game. Like it's shock damage, I guess. Where it's what you're shooting has an like an electricity effect, and the things with that is it will it will disable vehicles and it will arc from one target to another. I did see so that. If, yeah. So if if you have that shocker rifle and like three guys are standing next to each other and you shoot one, that arc of electricity will jump to the other two guys. Okay, I, I did see that in the training mode, but it hasn't come up. And does it do multiple. like more damage to shields or? I don't know for certain about that. I feel like that'd be difficult to balance that way. I think the shock weapons disable vehicles because I have been, I have had warthogs shut down. Yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, I was in a ghost and someone hit me with the shocker and it just, and I was just sitting there on the ground like an idiot. <laughs> but that's a good example of like, like they're adding new ways. Like it's not just like, oh, this gun is red. It's this gun is also a tool that lets you do things differently. Yeah, it's almost like more like a battlefield style game where you have people who are good against tanks and people who are healers and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm reading here. Apparently, the skewer is considered an anti-tank weapon. I wonder how. Like mm. the game clearly intends you to use it to try and get like one-hit pot shots on other players. Yeah, that's the funner way. But I wonder how effective it would be if you shot it at a warthog. I wonder if you just blow it up with like three guys in it. I think I took out a ghost in one shot. It was pretty good. 
<laughs> That's right, pretty so good. You're, you're dismantling or like uh, blowing up a tire or something. So now yeah. using it on, on a player seems like overkill. <laughs> oh, it's it's worth it every time. But like, I don't think it will destroy a warthog, but it will like send it flying on the first shot. So it will like flip it and like throw it off a cliff if it was close enough, probably. Yeah. Tanks, I don't know about scorpions. I feel like it's going to take like three shots because even like Spartan laser was two. Yeah, yeah. I haven't used the the scorpion in the new in, in Infinite yet. I really got to get on that. I love God. those tanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I w- also wanted to uh, to touch, and this is a little difficult for me because it's not something that really matters to me at all but i did kind of want to touch on the big controversy about infinite right now is where everyone is real upset about the progression system yeah we should talk a little bit about the progression system in uh the master chief collection there it's a season-based thing you you there are achievement levels and you get experience points just playing the game you get bonus experience points for doing specific things that they set out. And as you go, you get sort of money that you can buy cosmetic adjustments for your character. That, I, and I don't think that was how it worked when it was first introduced, but that's how it works now. And to my mind, it works pretty well. Like I find that enjoyable. It gives me something to work towards, but it's also not, uh, I can just enjoy the game and still progress. And that has been the big argument about the, this new system in halo infinite right yeah essentially i mean a lot of people use those aesthetics that you can get as like bragging rights right like to like you have to play the game a lot to earn enough of the in-game currency to buy like the coolest looking helmet and if you're wearing the coolest looking helmet people know that you're kind of a badass i guess (laughs) in in halo infinite the progression most of the rewards like for how you earn that have been taken away and pretty much the only way to get them is to do what they call the in-game challenges which is where they give you random stuff to do over the course of the game and they're not very rewarding so you have a twofold problem here the first is that like let's say you're in a big team battle with shaggy and shaggy's playing to win right beat the other team (laughs) as i do but (laughs) You want to get the next cool helmet, and you don't get any points towards that helmet by winning the game. What you have to do is you need to hijack a warthog five times. So your goal in the game suddenly becomes find a jeep, wait for an enemy player to take it, and then try to hijack it from them to get those points. And all of a sudden, you have a lot of players who sort of aren't playing to win the game. They're playing to do these sort of random things. And Shaggy playing to win is sort of standing there going, guys, hey, guys, and then getting shot by the other team. So that's why I lost yesterday. That's the only reason, Shaggy. That's the reason. (laughs) (laughs) The second problem is that even if you do these weird, random, nonsense things, the grind is absurd. It's like it will take hundreds of hours to unlock the stuff that they have like just you know the game isn't even officially out yet it will take all that and you might be thinking to yourself well why would they do that why would they make it so hard to get all this stuff and well here's the rub remember when we said this multiplayer was free well it's free Mm. to play but if you want you can spend your hard-earned real life money on in-game currency to buy these aesthetic upgrades 
And it seems pretty clear that they've deliberately neutered the progression system so that really, if you want the cool helmet, the only way to really get it is to spend your money. Uh, like one of those mobile, you know, gotcha mm. lottery games. And folks are pretty upset about it. There's actually one additional nefarious layer to this. Um, because yes, with the with the money you can buy items online, there is still stuff you unlock with the very slow progression. But uh, for example, I got to level two or three and I got like a helmet, but I don't have the season's battle pass paid for, so I can't use it. Ooh. So you can't you do unlock stuff as you go through levels, but it will say, oh, by the way, you need to have the season's battle pass to actually have it. So, and the battle breaks. <laughs> Is what like thirty bucks four times a year or something like that? It's whatever they're like. What they're bragging about is it's like, but it's forever. It doesn't like because in a lot of the other games, you're a, a Fortnite and everything. It's like the battle, uh, the seasons end, and those items are gone forever unless you got them. In this case, they're like the season lasts forever, so we should all buy the battle pass of this free game. And that's where they're dragging everything to be like you. They're, they're doing the same thing that uh, Team Fortress does, where it's like you got a key or you got a treasure chest but you have to buy a key to open the treasure chest. And you're like, what's in the treasure chest? I'm holding it, but I can't open it because I didn't buy a key. And they're using that kind of tactic where the, the those sweet, sweet armor upgrades are sitting in my menu, but I can't use them. <laughs> I'm just going to be ignoring it all. I'm just going to play yeah. the game. It is first person. You don't really see your shoulders. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I like unlocking the stuff in in Master Chief. It feels good. Like, hey, I earned something, but I never see it. Um, I'm never going to pay money that I don't have to into this game. I do not yeah. like the armor upgrades that much. And I mean, I was going to say, like, let me ask everyone on the podcast, like, what are you guys going to do about this progression system? But I think the the obvious answer is we're all just going to ignore it, right? Is there anyone who feels otherwise? I'm going to ignore it until they fix it, because it's bound to happen. Too many people are pissed off. Mm. It, does that work, though? Like, did it work with the loot box issues? Did it work with pay-to-play? Loot boxes is definitely a bad word nowadays in the game industry, so they will go out of their way to be like, we don't have a loot box system, guys! Even, like, Halo did that. They're like, this, yeah. this isn't loot box, we swear, it's better. Yeah, it's microtransactions. <laughs> sometimes people have changed their minds, sometimes they haven't. Uh, there's the famous case of Battlefront 2 where it was so egregious that it was actually being debated by politicians because it was essentially gambling marketed to children. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I think everyone's gotten used to this kind of milk you however we can kind of video game thing, and it's pretty insulting. But I just, I, and I know, I know that like I'm not talking to the right target audience here, maybe, or maybe I'm not the right target audience because <laughs> everywhere I go online to talk to people about Halo and so people are saying they are foaming at the mouths and how unfair this is, how exploitative, and I'm just thinking, I don't know, I had fun, I don't need any of that stuff. Be cool if I could have it, I guess. I don't really care. So I feel obligated to be offended, but also it doesn't matter. No, I think if we're looking to see what the, the trend may be, like you said, it's, it's hard to predict because in some cases it has worked, that kind of feedback and backlash, and in other cases it has made no difference. Um, I think, again, for, for me, for instance, being able to play it with you guys, being able to play something I'm familiar with, I enjoyed, is way more important 
the aesthetics and skins and all that stuff is not really my jam anyway. So I'm not really going to be looking into much of that regardless. Yeah, I find it's like how, you know, it, it blows my mind how people get so in an uproar over that kind of stuff because it doesn't impact really the game in any way. It's all just like bragging rights, right? It's all just aesthetics. So it's like, you know, at the end of the day, like the gameplay is still the same, whether you're wearing like the really shiny helmet or whatever, right? It's so, I don't know, to me, it's like it doesn't take anything away from the game, really. But then I, you know, I don't play enough online for it to probably matter much to me. I will say, from the Master Chief collection, I really (laughs) wanted that Mr. Chief mask with a face drawn on it, because it's the best damn thing ever. I, I would not pay real money for it, let me say that. But I, as soon as it became available, <laughs> did I grind those challenges out? <laughs> I was headshotting fools in those PVE modes and stuff. I'm like, I am getting that damn helmet, whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with Graham. Like, it's nice to have something to, uh, as a goal to look forward to, to do as well, uh, and not just kind of, you know, putter around in the game for a little bit because then at least you you can enjoy it and, and get some uh, sense of uh, purpose and reward as well but it doesn't have to be anything as involved as you know getting the coolest armor or the nicer colors or whatnot the fire effect is pretty cool though <laughs> so basically what you're saying shaggy is they've got you no, yeah. well, no, no. Well, here's the thing. I, I don't want to buy this. I think I'll just play this as a free online game if they're offering that. Um, if I unlock things along the way, that'd be nice. I would definitely apply them to my armor. But I, I don't. I, it, it's a, it's a deep hole you can get down when every time you finally get what you like, then the new thing comes out, and oh, you yeah. have to get that, and it never ends. And trust yeah. me, I've, I have fallen to temptation in Overwatch where it's like, ooh, I want to get that Summer Games outfit, but the Summer Games are almost over, you know. Let's let's get some loot boxes up and see what happens. Uh, <laughs> but then then I learned my ways, and now I'm like, no, I'll just play until three in the morning to unlock them naturally, like you should. <laughs> well, I, so I wonder if it's actually it's that. <laughs> I wonder if it's actually that we're kind of immune to that type of gaming too, right? Because it's not something we've been doing uh, often, or or haven't had to really deal with it much until much more recently in gaming in the gaming industry, right? Yeah, if I play a game and I, you know, I I unlock something, that's like a bonus to me. But I'm not going to go out of my way to like grind that one thing just to get that one piece of armor or whatever, right? You know, like hijack the warthog to get it. Like, <laughs> it just doesn't like that doesn't appeal to me because I if but if I get it just playing the game or playing online, then you know that's great. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever seen something I wanted that badly to like grind for it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, we're all having a good time and we don't have to pay for it. And that's definitely the draw right now, but we'll see where it goes. But uh, franchise close to our hearts. I think that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's something we've been doing together for a long time and that's what really makes it work. And that's what made this episode work. So folks, thanks for coming on and, uh, and doing this episode with us. Thank you for having us. You're very welcome. Thank you. Finish the fight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, believe. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, while we're finishing fights, I uh, should also finish to, to... Wow, I did not do that on purpose. While we are giving out thanks, <laughs> also want to give out thanks to Oliver Wickham, the guy behind our theme song. He's pretty great. Uh, please check him out on Spotify. You won't regret it. He's got a bunch of cool stuff up on there. And also giving out thanks to you, um, to the listeners, to the folks in the community, uh, whether or not you're participating and offering feedback or just enjoying the show. Um, it is awesome to be doing this with you. Uh, there is a lot of Halo to cover. We have barely scratched the surface. And I know some of you out there are probably pretty ticked that we wouldn't get too much into the story because there's a lot of lore behind it. Um, if you had any thoughts or concerns or things you <laughs> wanted to yell at us about or just keep the conversation rolling, all kinds of ways you can get a hold of us. Graham, what's, uh, what's all that contact info? Please email us at geektop5 at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash geektop5, and we're on Twitter at geektop5. You can also go to geektop5.com and post comments under every episode. And also, please go to your podcatcher of choice and rate and review us. Those ratings and reviews, super helpful to us, by the way, not just for affirmation, but it gives us a good idea of like who is listening to the podcast and how and where, and we can adjust accordingly to make it better for you. So please take just a little bit of time out of your day. We can probably make a lot of your subsequent days a lot better. Um, Halo Infinite, uh, the multiplayer beta is available now pretty much anywhere, um, any PC store or your Xbox. Uh, it's free to play. It is a blast. And if you don't have the hardware to run it, the Master Chief Collection is also available. At, uh, it does have a price tag, but it's not much because it's pretty old. So between all that, plenty of Halo to keep you busy until we get a chance to do this again. Until then, I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And this has been Geek Top 5. We'll talk to you again next week.